0: Today is September 21st, 2022. We're on day 294 of our journey through the Word this year. My name is Bill, and today we're going to continue in the book of Job, chapters 9 and 10. And then we're going to jump over to Acts chapter 13 and 14 to finish off today's reading. So without further ado, let's get right into it with Job chapter 9. Then Job spoke again. Yes, I know all this is true in principle, but how can a person be declared innocent in God's sight? If someone wanted to take God to court, would it be possible to answer him even once in a thousand times? For God is so wise and so mighty, who has ever challenged him successfully? without warning he moves the mountains overturning them in his anger he shakes the earth from its place and its foundations tremble if he commands it the sun won't rise and the stars won't shine he alone has spread out the heavens and marches on the waves of the sea he made all the stars the bear and orion the pleiades and the constellations of the southern sky he does great things too marvellous to understand he performs countless miracles yet when he comes near i cannot see him when he moves by i do not see him go if he snatches someone in death who can stop him who dares to ask what are you doing and god does not restrain his anger even the monsters of the sea are crushed beneath his feet so who am i that i should try to answer god or even reason with him even if i were right i would have no defence i could only plead for mercy "'and even if I summoned him and he responded, "'I'm not sure he would listen to me, "'for he attacks me with a storm "'and repeatedly wounds me without cause. "'He will not let me catch my breath, "'but fills me instead with bitter sorrows. "'If it's a question of strength, he's the strong one. "'If it's a matter of justice, who dares to summon him to court? "'Though I am innocent, my own mouth would pronounce me guilty. "'Though I am blameless, it would prove me wicked.' I am innocent, but it makes no difference to me. I despise my life. Innocent or wicked, it's all the same to God. That's why I say he destroys both the blameless and the wicked. When a plague sweeps through, he laughs at the death of the innocent. The whole earth is in the hands of the wicked, and God blinds the eyes of the judges. If he's not the one who does it, who is? my life passes more swiftly than a runner it flees away without a glimpse of happiness it disappears like a swift papyrus boat like an eagle swooping down on its prey if i decided to forget my complaints to put away my sad face and be cheerful i would still dread all the pain for i know you will not find me innocent O god whatever happens i will be found guilty so what's the use of trying Even if I were to wash myself with soap and clean my hands with lye, you would plunge me into a muddy ditch and my own filthy clothing would hate me. God is not immortal like me, so I cannot argue with him or take him to trial. If only there were a mediator between us, someone who could bring us together, the mediator could make God stop beating me and I would no longer live in terror of his punishment." Then I could speak to him without fear, but I cannot do that in my own strength. Job chapter 10 I am disgusted with my life. Let me complain freely. My bitter soul must complain. I will say to God, don't simply condemn me. Tell me the charge you are bringing against me. What do you gain by oppressing me? Why do you reject me, the work of your own hands, while smiling on the schemes of the wicked? Are your eyes like those of a human? Do you see things only as people see them? Is your lifetime only as long as ours? Is your life so short that you must quickly probe for my guilt and search for my sin? Although you know I am not guilty, no one can rescue me from your hands. You formed me with your hands, you made me, yet now you completely destroy me. Remember that you made me from dust, will you turn me back to dust so soon? You guided my conception and formed me in the womb, you clothed me with skin and flesh, and you knit my bones and sinews together. You gave me life and showed me your unfailing love, my life was preserved by your care. Yet your real motive, your true intent was to watch me, And if I sinned, you would not forgive my guilt. If I am guilty, too bad for me. And even if I'm innocent, I can't hold my head high because I am filled with shame and misery. And if I hold my head high, you hunt me like a lion and display your awesome power against me. Again and again, you witness against me. You pour out your growing anger on me and bring fresh armies against me. Why then did you deliver me from my mother's womb? Why didn't you let me die at birth? It would be as though, as though I had never existed, going directly from the womb to the grave. I have only a few days left, so leave me alone that I may have a moment of comfort before I leave, never to return for the land of darkness and utter gloom. It is a land as dark as midnight, a land of gloom and confusion where even the light is dark as midnight." The book of Acts, chapter 13. Among the prophets and teachers of the church at Antioch of Syria were Barnabas, Simeon called the black man, Lucius from Cyrene, and Manan, the childhood companion of King Herod Antipas, and Saul. One day, as these men were worshipping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Appoint Barnabas and Saul for the special work to which I have called them. So after more fasting and prayer, the men laid their hands on them and sent them on their way. So Barnabas and Saul were sent out by the Holy Spirit. They went down to the seaport of Seleucia and then sailed for the island of Cyprus. There, in the town of Salamis, they went to the Jewish synagogues and preached the word of God. John Mark went with them as their assistant afterward they traveled from town to town across the entire island until they f- finally reached paphos where they met a jewish sorcerer a false prophet named Jesus. he had attached himself to the governor sergius paulus who was an intelligent man The governor invited Barnabas and Saul to visit him, for he wanted to hear the word of God. But Elymas, the sorcerer, as his name means in Greek, interfered and urged the governor to pay no attention to what Barnabas and Saul said. He was trying to keep the governor from believing. Saul, also known as Paul, was filled with the Holy Spirit, and he looked the sorcerer in the eye. Then he said, You son of the devil, fury of every sort of deceit and fraud, an enemy of all that is good, will you never stop perverting the true ways of the Lord? Watch now, for the Lord has laid his hand of punishment upon you, and you will be struck blind. You will not see the sunlight for some time. Instantly, mist and darkness came over the man's eyes, and he began groping around, begging for someone to take his hand and lead him. When the governor saw what had happened, he became a believer, for he was astonished at the teaching about the Lord. Paul and his companions then left Paphos by ship for Pamphylia, landing at the port town of Perga. There John Mark left them in return to Jerusalem, but Paul and Barnabas traveled inland to Antioch of Pisidia. On the Sabbath, they went to the synagogue for the services. After the usual readings from the books of Moses and the prophets, those in charge of the service sent them this message brothers if you have any word of encouragement for the people come and give it so paul stood lifted his hand to quiet them and started speaking men of israel he said and you god fearing gentiles listen to me The God of this nation of Israel chose our ancestors and made them multiply and grow strong during their stay in Egypt. Then with a powerful arm he led them out of their slavery. He put up with them through 40 years of wandering in the wilderness. Then he destroyed seven nations in Canaan and gave their land to Israel as an inheritance. All this took about 450 years after that god gave them judges to rule until the time of samuel the prophet then the people begged for a king and god gave them saul son of kish a man of the tribe of benjamin who reigned for forty years but god removed saul and replaced him with david a man about whom god said i have found david son of jesse a man after my own heart he will do everything i want him to do and it is one of king david's descendants jesus who is god's promised savior of israel before he came john the baptist preached that all the people of israel needed to repent of their sins and turn to god and be baptized as john was finishing his ministry he asked do you think i am the messiah no i am not but he is coming soon and i'm not even worthy to be his slave and untie the sandals on his feet brothers you sons of abraham and also you god fearing gentiles this message of salvation has been sent to us the people in jerusalem and their leaders did not recognize jesus as the one the prophets had spoken about instead they condemned him and in doing this they fulfilled the prophets words that are read every sabbath they found no legal reason to execute him but they asked pilate to have him killed anyway when they had done all that the prophecies said about him they took him down from the cross and placed him in a tomb but god raised him from the dead and over a period of many days he appeared to those who had gone with him from galilee to jerusalem they are now his witnesses to the people of israel and now we are here to bring you this good news the promise was made to our ancestors and god has now fulfilled it for us their descendants by raising jesus This is what the second psalm says about Jesus. You are my son. Today I have become your father. For God had promised to raise him from the dead, not leaving him to rot in the grave. He said, I will give you the sacred blessings I promised to David. Another psalm explains it more fully. You will not allow your holy one to rot in the grave. This is not a reference to David, for after David had done the will of God in his own generation, he died and was buried with his ancestors, and his body decayed. No, it was a reference to someone else, someone whom God raised and whose body did not decay. Brothers, listen, we are here to proclaim that through this man Jesus, there is forgiveness for your sins. Everyone who believes in him is made right in God's sight, something the law of Moses could never do. Be careful. Don't let the prophet's words apply to you. For they said, Look, you mockers, be amazed and die, for I am doing something in your own day, something you wouldn't believe even if someone told you about it. As Paul and Barnabas left the synagogue that day, the people begged them to speak about these things again the next week. Many Jews and devout converts to Judaism followed Paul and Barnabas, and the two men urged them to continue to rely on the grace of God the following week almost the entire city turned out to hear them preach the word of the lord but when some of the jews saw the crowds they were jealous so they slandered paul and argued against whatever he said then paul and barnabas spoke out boldly and declared it was necessary that we first preach the word of god to you jews But since you have rejected it and judged yourselves unworthy of eternal life, we will offer it to the Gentiles. For the Lord gave us this command when he said, I have made you a light to the Gentiles to bring salvation to the farthest corners of the earth. When the Gentiles heard this, they were very glad and thanked the Lord for his message. And all who were chosen for eternal life became believers. So the Lord's message spread throughout that region. Then the Jews stirred up the influential religious women and the leaders of the city, and they incited a mob against Paul and Barnabas and ran them out of town. So they shook the dust from their feet as a sign of rejection and went to the town of Iconium. And the believers were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 14 The same thing happened in Iconium. Paul and Barnabas went to the Jewish synagogue and preached with such power that a great number of both Jews and Greeks became believers. Some of the Jews, however, spurned God's message and poisoned the minds of the Gentiles against Paul and Barnabas. But the apostles stayed there a long time, preaching boldly about the grace of the Lord. And the Lord proved their message was true by giving them power to do miraculous signs and wonders. But the people of the town were divided in their opinion about them. Some sided with the Jews, and some with the apostles. Then a mob of Gentiles and Jews, along with their leaders, decided to attack and stone them. When the apostles learned of it, they fled to the region of Lycaonia, to the towns of Lystra and Derbe, and the surrounding area. And there they preached the good news. While they were at Lystra, Paul and Barnabas came upon a man with crippled feet. He had been that way from birth, so he had never walked. He was sitting and listening as Paul preached. Looking straight at him, Paul realized he had faith to be healed. So Paul called to him in a loud voice, Stand up! And the man jumped to his feet and started walking. When the crowd saw what Paul had done, they shouted in their local dialect, These men are gods in human form. They decided that Barnabas was the Greek god Zeus and that Paul was Hermes since he was the chief speaker. Now the temple of Zeus was located just outside the town. So the priest of the temple and the crowd brought bulls and wreaths of flowers to the, to the town gates, and they prepared to offer sacrifices to the apostles but when the apostles barnabas and paul heard what was happening they tore their clothing in dismay and ran out among the people shouting friends why are you doing this we are merely human beings just like you we have come to bring you the good news that you should turn from these worthless things and turn to the living god who made heaven and earth the sea and everything in them in the past he permitted all the nations to go their own ways but he never left them without evidence of himself and his goodness for instance he sends you rain and good crops and gives you food and joyful hearts but even with these words paul and barnabas could scarcely restrain the people from sacrificing to them then some Jews arrived from Antioch and Iconium and won the crowds to their side. They stoned Paul and dragged him out of town, thinking he was dead. But as the believers gathered around him, he got up and went back into the town. The next day he left with Barnabas for Derby. After preaching the good news in Derby and making many disciples, Paul and Barnabas returned to Lystra, Iconium, and Antioch of Pisidia where they strengthened the believers. They encouraged them to continue in the faith, reminding them that we must suffer many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. Paul and Barnabas also appointed elders in every church. With prayer and fasting, they turned the elders over to the care of the Lord, in whom they had put their trust. Then they traveled back through Pisidia to Pamphylia. They preached the word in Perga, and then went down to Attalia. Finally, they returned by ship to Antioch of Syria, where their journey had begun. The believers there had entrusted them to the grace of God to do the work they had now completed. Upon arriving in Antioch, they called the church together and reported everything God had done through them and how he had opened the door of faith to the Gentiles too. And they stayed there with the believers for a long time. And so, Heavenly Father, I pray that you would bless the reading of your word today. And I pray that these stories about Paul and Barnabas and the faith that they had and the miracles that they witnessed and performed in your name, Lord Jesus, that these stories would move us, that they would move us to action. Thank you, Lord, for your word. And thank you, my friends, for joining me again here today on Bible in a Year with Bill. I hope to see you all tomorrow. Take care now.